It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. From Barangaroo Studios, this is the COB, brought to you by eToro. Invest in ASX shares with $0 commission. Hello, it's the COB, all the stuff you need to know about the day in business and markets. I'm Kyle Rotter with... And I'm Daniela Kuye. There we go. Okay, well, let's have a look at, well, the market today. CBO 200 was more or less mm. flat. The ASX 200 flat as well. Now, we had plenty of risk events to digest, I suppose from a macro point of view more particularly. And the Wall Street lead was a little bit mixed to say the least. Jamie Dimon putting uh, the banking crisis back into the centre of the conversation. But with all of that said, uh, like we were saying before, Danny, a pretty flat close for the session. Absolutely. Um, it is very much looking like the market is trying to work out which way should we go at the moment. And uh, Clearly, there's a lot of uncertainty. We've got a holiday coming up, which always drains volumes out of the market. Uh, gold has been very, very much in focus. And uh, no doubt we'll be chatting with our guest about gold. And uh, you're really seeing the Australian market taking the lead from the US, like the utilities are performing a mm. little bit more strongly today. Still seeing profit taking in the big miners and the lithium stocks. You know, everyone's panicking that they've got too many EVs in China at the moment moment. Uh, but, you know, really, I think it's all going to happen on Friday when the markets close, isn't it, with the non-farm payrolls? Most definitely. And like you just noted as well, is that we've got two days until that happens. You would, uh, wouldn't blame anyone for perhaps sticking to the sidelines, if you will, Absolutely. before that public holiday when that news is going to drop. A very interesting set of circumstances, which doesn't always occur, obviously. But uh, let's get to some of the corporate news to the day. A few uh, quick reads here. Fever Energy. Uh, will buy a convenience retailer on the run for $1.15 billion. The deal, which is for a network of 205 convenience retail stores, will see Viva Energy become the biggest non-government employer in South Australia. Yeah. And, gee, the four off fund managers, they continue to be uh, bashed up, with Magellan has seen FUM continuing to fall, and it has experienced net outflows of $3.9 billion in March. So their total FUM now is down to $43.2 billion from $45.4 at the end of February. Yeah, it comes off the back of, of course, that net wealth news during Absolutely. the week, too, that saw uh, a weaker than expected funds under management numbers there, too. But... Uh, Call lithium. We can't go without uh, talking about lithium at least uh, today. And uh, it has says uh, it sees 3,500 ton parcel of spodumene concentrate has been trucked to the Darwin port ready for export. It also says full mining operations have resumed at Finnis following safety work. And Danielle, uh, a few broker moves out there today as well. Absolutely. Let's run through these. JP Morgan has raised the target on zero to 109 from 103 and retains an overweight rating. 
Rare Earths producer Linus has been upgraded by UBS to buy from neutral due to the 33% decline in the share price from January with a target price of $8.90. And Macquarie upgrades Orica to outperform from neutral. The target is raised to 17 from 16 with earnings upgrades from better, better price mix and demand recovery. And Seek has been upgraded to outperform from neutral. Macquarie sees a risk reward skewed to the upside. The target price has been raised from $32.50 from $23.50. So there's your corporate news of the day. And, well, it's uh, probably uh, a... Gold. Point, point Did you to, see? I'm wearing gold today. I felt, I felt the need to come in and, and shine because everything that glitters is gold or absolutely. is it not? <laughs> absolutely. You're, uh, what do they say, a conformist indicator? You trade with a trend whenever Danielle's wearing gold. But uh, here are the gold miners today up broadly across the board. Again, those banking fears again uh, are perhaps stoking some concerns about financial stability. Also, uh, we have, I guess, generally speaking, expectations that, well, all uh, but over is the rate hiking cycle in the United States, mm. although uh, that is uh, a reasonable chance. So, uh, Let's move on. Stock of the day. We'll talk about it today. And uh, Nadine sat down with a couple of guests to discuss Viva Energy. Uh, they're not issuing any equity only to the company they're buying on the uh, on the run. So it, it looks like the market likes this. They have got a pile of cash uh, and they're using that for this deal, which is good. It is absolutely because we were beheld by the Singapore refining station i guess or that so everything has to go through singapore so really those refining margins are very um lucrative for the refiner but ampol or, or viva um these guys are the ones that have to sort of take those prices as they come through that refining margin so potentially yeah it, it's an okay thing one of the things that i did see in uh this announcement is that uh, otr they are um part of the deal getting smoke mart uh, which is a t- and, and gift box tobacco. So some wholesaler of cigarettes uh, in there as well. I suspect they might divest some of that with the ESG being a, a bit of an issue going forward. So they might sort of digest that. But overall, it looks like a really good deal. I'll, I'll stay with a hold as well. Um, just on that price action alone, potentially it looks like it's breaking out, broken out, but I think it potentially could come back and retest those levels so hold. Okay, so a double hold there from Henry Jennings and Adam Dawes. But uh, let's talk about your view today, Danielle, because of course, folks oh. out there would be well aware that uh, we've got the uh, the pen scratching on well, the desk next to me over the last few weeks, uh, getting a few views uh, out there. Uh, what were you discussing today? Yeah, well, I come from equities, mm. therefore I have to learn about bond markets. That's the way it works because they're the elephant in the room. And equities people, sometimes they don't want to look at the bond market. So I took a little bit of a, a deeper dive. I uh, look at what has been happening there. And uh, really there are a few signs starting to come through from the bond market. If you look at their volatility index, the move, it's very elevated. And I wanted to question why was gold performing? And typically, if we look through history, gold performs when there's an expectation of real interest rates coming down, which two signals. 
We're either going into a recession or inflation's coming down or both, or potentially the banking crisis is still knocking around. So maybe we can go to our guest who can shed some light on how he is seeing things at the moment. Absolutely. So for a person who's had his foot in the bond market and the equity market, no less, Mark Gardner from Macro Capital. Um, maybe we'll start on that topic of conversation, Mark, because um, you, you have had experience in, in both sides of, uh, of the world. And it's a topic that's come up a couple of times today with guests is just the dynamics we're seeing in equities, pricing in maybe a fairly robust future, maybe a soft landing, if you want to call it that, versus the bond market, which is, uh, I guess, uh, signaling something a little bit more dire. How are you interpreting things at the moment? At the moment, with that move so elevated, it's normally you would rely on the bond market for a clear picture of you know what's probably going to happen. Equities does, do tend to get you know, elevated and get carried away and then one boat, you know, both on the upside and the downside, whereas the bond market tends to be a hell of a lot more stable. That's just not been the case of late. Um, Danielle's absolutely correct. Uh, when basically you see peaking peaking in the um, in a rate hike cycle is tends to be probably one of the better times to be buying gold. Um, obviously, um, I, look, I, there's a lot of fundamentals um, with gold um, that really have kind of fallen apart. Um, we had central bank buying last year and it really went nowhere. Um, obviously, with these, um, with this uncertainty that's come back into the, the banking sector and, um, and, you know, a return to almost printing money again or making, you know, money more freely available from the Fed um, in, you know, in extraordinary measures, um, trying to um, stabilise the banking sector. Obviously, people even look even crypto um, started to go up. Look, they are very similar in characteristics. Mm. They're not very, you know, they're both not used, in, you know, in industrial in, in, in an industrial sense, um, and they're and they're a store of values. So, um, you know, I sometimes regard, you know, anyone who's done an economics done their economics degree before the nineties probably favours gold, and then probably someone, you know, after that maybe maybe favours the digital currency, but. Um, but you know, it, all it is is you know the fair currency system is a trust system. Um, they can't print money forever, and um, and that's where you'll start to see obviously you know go you know things that, that they re, uh, regard as a store of value start to elevate in price. So obviously we're at key levels in gold at the moment at two thousand. Um, I prefer to go with a mix of something. So um, Evolution's got quite a decent amount of uh, new copper discoveries. Um, Silver is pretty similar, or platinum or palladium. Um, they they tend to rally, um, you know, not quite as hard as gold because it's a bit more of a thematic trade. Um, but you know, the rallies will be will tend to be a bit more sustainable, particularly with, um, you know, particularly with uh, you know with a higher level of industrial use. So I try to find something with a bit of a mix. Um, you know, the silver stocks have done extraordinarily well with the rally in gold recently. I think silver's outpaced, you know, mm. by almost double. So. Um, you know, there's, there's not a huge amount of silver uh, miners in Australia, um, and a lot of them are early, you know, early stages or exploration stages. So there's not much to choose from, but um, but yeah, and, and a quite a lot of them because of that reason have have kicked up pretty hard. So they're probably not valuable necessarily at these levels. But um, but yeah, I, I think uh, it's a bit of a shock from the RBNZ today, going 50 mm. instead of 25. Um, which kind of really took the uh, the optimism out of the Aussie market. I think um, you know we've we've sort of stepped back because of, I'm assuming because of the housing market and public pressure and um, things on the RBA. 
Um, but you know, New Zealand's also seen 23% decline in house prices, the biggest one year drop um, well, in history, I, I think, or at least in you know, multi-decade. So you know, some central banks are still not fearing, um, you know, crushing, crushing that asset price a little. Um, so yeah, I mean, maybe it's we, there's so much up in the air at the moment. I think sitting, particularly with a four-day weekend, payrolls coming out, uh, and then the next session's going to be a very thin, you know, public holiday session in futures in the US on a Monday. Um, yeah, I, it's certainly taking profit. Um, we've had a nice little bounce in the last um, week and a half, um, from about 6,900 back up to what 72.70 or thereabouts. So, um, and look, the only thing that's held that back from probably going another 100 points is the iron ore price has dropped. So, um, yeah, I think I think leading into that four-day weekend, um, US earnings season coming up. Uh, I think it starts on the 14th through the banks. Um, yeah, probably probably not a bad time to be taking a little bit of risk off the table. Mm. What's interesting is watching this Australian dollar, um, which is actually falling quite a lot post um, Lowe's mm. talk, which was interesting because he was at pains to stress we may not have you know finished raising rates, and yet the Aussie dollar has gone completely risk off. Given that sort of you know, as you said, it's a balancing act at the moment. How are you positioning your portfolios going into the month of April before we get to the, the dreaded potentially sell in May and go away? Uh, I, I've sort of started taking up um, a small hedge position in um, ETF called SNAS, short NASDAQ. Um, the PA, average PEs have gotten back up to sort of somewhere around the mid 20s or early to mid 20s again, which is getting a little bit high for, you know, given what's um, transpired over the last couple of months. They do have those earnings coming up. A lot of those big tech companies mm-hmm. have cut um, a lot of jobs. I think Google even put a freeze on anyone, you know, buying new equipment and things like that. So I can't imagine these results, whilst they might the backward looking results might be okay, the forward looking results probably aren't. They're not going to sack 30,000 people and then go, it's all fantastic. So. Um, um, probably not expecting that to go um, so well, particularly as well with the banks. Um, you know that that reporting is going to be watched pretty uh, pretty closely as well. So, but in mainly some defensive stuff in some bond ETFs. Um, there's been a new one launched this week: um, US investment grade bonds from GlobalX um, ETFs, which sort of tracks an existing um, iTrax product. So, uh, it's a corporate grade uh, bonds there, and getting pretty decent yields overall. Um, and yeah, just and and about probably 10 to 15 percent cash minimum, I think, at the moment. Because if we do fall back, fair enough, you know, at least you, you can look at a glass half full and you can take advantage of some buying opportunities. I don't think we're going to miss too much uh, being in cash, um, you know, if we if we rally from here because we've had a fairly significant rally in that NASDAQ over one month. If you look at the two charts, March last year versus March this year, they're eerily similar. And um, you know, my, I, I'm certainly not expecting the fallout we had in the NASDAQ last year down 18%. But I think some, you know, I think it could probably potentially give back half of that, you know, half of those gains. Um, and yeah, we're, but it's still it, there's a lot still up in the air. Um, bonds, bond yields, and equities dropped last night, which is sort of gives the impression that we're more worried about the future um, health of the economy rather than um, you know the terminal rate anymore. So um, yeah, but it's still very much wait and see. Be um, short list of high quality stocks for now, and um, and dare I say some of those stores of value. <laughs> Absolutely. Just with the market reaction to the RBA as well, and, and maybe, maybe even how you're trying to, to react to it with what you just mentioned, I mean, there seems to be a, a large element of just the market not listening very much. Um, you know, we've got 
basically rate cuts being priced in at the margins, no less, even despite this rhetoric of, well, we're not necessarily done. Is there an element here where, you know, they're just not credible enough to, to listen to or, or believe when they when they say that? Or, or what are the markets doing? Because it's just, like Danny said with the Aussie dollar, it just seems to be just not listening. Well, I mean, not even, I mean, central banks are generally on the same page globally. Mm. Um, I think markets are extraordinarily mixed and, you know, I, that's where, you know, when there's no clear signals, um, that's where, you know, that's a situation where, you know, as I said, we've got a bit of bonds and, and some cash and, and we'll take that, you know, we'll take that yield and sit on the sidelines because, you know, you don't have to invest if there's not a clear picture. Um, and the picture's extraordinarily foggy at the mm. moment. Mm. So it'd be um, yeah, a little bit of a wait and see attitude, um, obviously. And yeah, we'll, we will um, get through get through these earnings and start to see, because we've started to see the economic numbers turn. We've got services PMI tonight. Which could probably it's one it's one that's been stubbornly stubbornly strong, um, still expanding. Uh, expected at fifty five tonight, so or fifty four and a half. Um, that's where that wage inflation is. That if that if that doesn't start to pull back, I think we're you know we get the worst case scenario sort of for the for the equities where the Fed may have to hike despite the fact that things are starting to slow down a little. So um, yeah, but. We just need more data, realistically. Mm. Um, we, we can't, no one's got a crystal ball and the, the central banks don't have the answers, um, even, you know, at this stage. So I think it's almost, we shouldn't really have an expectation that they, that they do, mm. um, because obviously they were going back to normalising policy in 2019, late 2019, COVID hit. Fiscal and monetary stimulus on a massive scale, and then everything recovered so fast. I think it's probably fair to give them, you know, a little bit of leeway to, you know, to try and manage this um, because they had a whole range of things that they've never had to deal with before, um, and now they're having to unwind that. So, um, so yeah, it uh, that's where that sort of uncertainty and uh, waiting on the sidelines is coming from. Just in terms of um, a possible sector, I'd be interested to get your view on um, healthcare, because yeah. what was very much we've seen markets rotate. So energy was big last year up until recently. Energy not big. Technology, big tech back mm. again. Healthcare defensive, potentially stable earnings streams. Certainly in Australia, our healthcare stocks really trading ranges, but not doing anything. A bit the same in the US. Is that a sector that if you had to be invested? you'd say that, you know, that's possibly might be a good place for people to hide out in? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I think, you know, a, a big favourite, CSL, um, they expanded their blood plasma capacity by 30% um, over the, you know, over the last sort of year and or so. The Vifor um, acquisition is going extraordinarily well and it's already contributing to, um, to the bottom line. Um, I would expect if household budgets start to get tight as well, those plasma donations are going to go through the roof and they have the capacity now to, to take that on as well. So I actually see CSL was a pretty decent buying opportunity. I think Morgan Stanley upgraded that today. Um, we've also seen, I think Ramsey and Sonic Healthcare have rallied quite a bit in the last, um, in the last couple of months, probably a, a good sort of 10%, but from, you know, from pretty... Um, pretty sort of horrible lows, but that I think that M&A activity in that mm. sector at the moment's really, you know, brought to the attention of the analysts that, you know, things are potentially pretty undervalued. So, um, so yeah, and I quite like consumer staples at the moment as well. We've got, you know, things like Elders, things like Grain Corp, things like Instatech Pivot that are trading, um, you know, at f- or very close to 52-week lows, but Grain Corp particularly has had... Um, 
has had quite a um, you know quite a good win with um, the they own eight and a half percent of UMG, uh, which has obviously had a, a really good rally. That's you know they've made quite good money out of that. Um, and from all reports from people I speak to in the country, um, and you know from the grain you know the grain corp outlook, there's going to be a fairly good crop coming up. Wow. Um, so look, there's still opportunities there, mm. and uh, and those those agricultural companies particularly report out a smashed, cycle. Haven't they? They've been absolutely smashed. I was yeah. just looking. I had no idea yeah. they'd fallen as much as they had. So and and on the back of fairly good news, I think elders will probably solve its problem when it when it finally hires a, a successor. Um, and then obviously, but yeah, they have off-cycle reporting, so that'll be in May or mid-May, I would uh, would expect, because um, they want to get the uh, results from the summer crops. So um, yeah, I, I would expect the grain corps result to be extraordinarily good. And it's the next government, um, you know, uh, department or gov- company, and um, it's got fantastic supply chains. They had store, um, reports of bottlenecking, um, I think, about three months ago, but that was just um, just due to the sheer volume of grain that we're getting in. So that's not a that's not a bottleneck that's a problem. That's a bottleneck that's you know not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. So I think they were just being honest with the market, and um, you know analysts have seen bottleneck and and, and sold. So um, I mean they've got high you know high inventories of they do oil and um, grain oil and things like that as well, which Ukraine was a massive producer of. There was shortages of oil, um, vegetable oil through Europe, mm-hmm. and you know that that situation hasn't been solved. So I think you'll find that you know when, once they come through and report. Um, report their numbers that you know they'll they, this sort of period is probably offering really good value mark uh fantastic to talk as always i hope you enjoy the long week and uh mark Gardner there from macro capital cheers thank you okay well uh let's just recap very quickly just the three themes that we did have uh in focus today rbnz surprise of course uh hiked interest rates by 50 basis points the consensus estimate was for 25 and some interesting Dynamics there. As we were just talking about, Danielle, market shrugged off uh, the low speech. Uh, we'll have to see, obviously, the data from here because as we keep getting told, the RBA is very data dependent. And like yourself, Danielle, gold shined again today. So uh, some of the things that we're really following. But let's move to what we're looking at tonight because, mm. well, some important data, it has to be said. Absolutely. So we have the US ADP employment data and the ISM services PMI. So as per usual, Everyone's going to be data watching um, and markets will be, you know, moving on a dime, so to speak. Uh, but really, the big data will be out on Friday, I think, the, you know, the jobs report. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And we're all tucking into our, well, maybe pre-Easter Easter eggs, if uh, you're that way inclined. But uh, tomorrow now, RBA Financial Stability Review not often makes uh, the headlines. But hey, we'll talk about it. It's, uh, uh, well, something that's a little bit more relevant, perhaps, over the last couple of weeks because of what's happened in the United States. Governor Lowe, as every policymaker would in this set of circumstances, talking up the strength of our banks locally. Uh, we're Absolutely. different down here. Uh, of course, those big, strong four pillars that hold us all up. And Danielle, we're going to go to the leaders for the session. Let's get them up now because, well, we were talking before, a lot of gold on your screen. Absolutely, a lot of gold. Interesting that we're seeing a rally there in Seek uh, post their investor update that they had yesterday. Clearly, the analysts are are looking through that short-term downgrade in revenues to look ahead. Uh, Core Lithium, um, I think that was an upgrade, wasn't it? I read that one. Yeah, yeah. so, um, you know, uh, interestingly enough, I 
was reading in the FT that they're actually thinking that you could see more M&A activity in the gold sector. So um, apart from the firmer prices overnight, you never know, there might be some people taking some positions there on that. Yeah, definitely. And uh, well, I suppose if you do look across the broader sectoral map too, map too, just as we have some of the individual names there as well. We are talking a little earlier just about utilities actually doing yeah. reasonably well. Now, it's a flat day for the market overall, uh, but telco, healthcare, uh, utilities have edged higher too. Uh, some of those defensive names have come through as being, well, perhaps a source of, of relative stability uh, Absolutely. For, for investors. Yeah, market very much positioning for lower interest rates. You saw it in the US, you're seeing it here. I actually thought AGL Energy was quite interesting. Brookfield selling out overnight. They got a premium on uh, their stake that they sold. Share price is up today. Given what's happening in the energy sector and what's happened with Origin, it'll be interesting to see whether AGL stays out of play, so to speak, but I think some brokers are currently liking that stock. But um, yeah, very, very defensive, but um, yeah, let's move to the laggards now, have a look at those. Yeah, poor old Linus, um, can't catch a trick at the moment, can it? It's a bit like Magellan. Um, Magellan really is in a world of pain. Yeah, um, it's a bit of a micro and macro hit there, isn't it, right? Absolutely. I mean, funds under management, naturally, you would expect a decline if things are getting a little bit bearish out there. Everyone in the investment industry uh, starts to, to, to feel that. But, um, well, there's that key man risk, um, and it was uh, key man, uh, not, not to be awfully gendered there, um, but uh, with, with Hamish Douglas uh, departing, all of the knock-on effects from that. And just confidence hasn't been restored no. to Magellan no. ever since. And not only is that story a, 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 an equity market story, but it's also just a huge loss of face. And what was well once really just a, a, a an all star absolutely uh, from so many points of view. Absolutely, I heard this morning that um, Regal have actually uh, captured a high net wealth client with about two hundred million. And one starts to question whether or not they sort of took that. This is you know just me speculating. There's no fact mm. to it. Um, but when you have that crisis of confidence in a fund manager, it's really hard to mm. restore it again. And clearly, Regal are doing a lot that is working for investors at the moment. And once you're on that role, then you tend to attract the money. Um, but it will be interesting to see whether we do see M&A starting to come in mm. to the fund management space, or whether or not people are just going to sit back and uh, watch watch the funds hopefully not slip away forever. <laughs> yeah, well, definitely. And I mean, we were talking about just the different investment environment and different investment world we're in now compared to, say, before the pandemic and the 10 years before it, where, well, everything just went up. Yeah. Fund Managers have to earn their fees now, and yeah. uh, any kind of sign of a crisis of confidence, um, you're going to get punished. I, I would dare say. But um, also, just worth noting, yesterday too is uh, today. I should say too is why Cave and Coal, but that was after yesterday's big rally. So swings and roundabouts there. Here are some of the smalls now. I don't know if there's any, anything that jumps out on you that you've got in your portfolio by any chance, uh, because none. No, <laughs> none no. I'm, I'm, I'm don't typically go to small caps. No. I, I find them a bit like the proverbial lobster pot. Well, I think I was. <laughs> about Red 5 earlier, wasn't I? Wasn't that company that rallied when we were looking? Yeah, as much as 47%, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it might story. have been a software stock that had won a contract over in uh, Miami. But I have to say the other ones are passing me by, except we, it looks like we have a silver stock there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we'll get to the laggards there in the small cap space too, just running very quickly over them. Of course, you always see peak moves. Uh, in, in this area of the market. So uh, take it all in, there it is. Uh, but I 
fairly uh, reasonable day. Let's have a look actually just at the small ordinaries, just for the uh, matter of interest, if, if I may. Uh, small ordinary, so it was actually up today, if I'm not mistaken, up by half a percent. So mm. there you go, buy your small caps in this market, people. Um, general advice only. But that sort of does it for us today, Danielle. It was great to have you on the hot seat. Thank as you. Always. Lots of fun. Yeah. So remember, everyone, uh, you can catch up on all the news and views and the fantastic interviews that we did have today on your website and app. Otherwise, we'll see you tomorrow morning. Have a great evening. Have a great night. The COB is brought to you by eToro. Invest in ASX shares with $0 commission. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.